This episode is brought to you by Audible. You can get a free audiobook today and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash heartright. That's audibletrial.com slash heartright. Hello, and welcome back to my podcast. I'm Logan, a.k.a. Heartright. If you want to follow me on Twitter, go ahead and check me out at HeartrightYT. Or check out my YouTube channel as well. You can just search Heartright in YouTube search. Uh, so today is kind of fun because I'm going to be talking about Stranger Things. Basically a, an indie project that, that went on Netflix and basically took the world by storm. Got super popular. I think the second season was even more popular. I think it won some Emmys. If I, or It was at least nominated, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, it's, you know... It obviously captured my imagination as well as a whole lot of other people's. So I just thought I would take the time to, ta- to take the time to talk about it today, <laughs> if I can talk at all. Uh, so, Stranger Things. How did I discover it? Uh, mostly because I was in uh, a script writing class, and every day before. Uh, we started talking about uh, our scripts and talking about what we were going to learn that day. Uh, the professor asked us if we had seen anything recently that uh, we really liked and what we liked about it. And a lot of people said uh, Stranger Things. Like week after week, people would say, yeah, I finally just binged Stranger Things. It was, it was really good. It was, it was really good. And I was like, okay, I, I've got to check this out then. Because I had heard about it, because I had been on Netflix, and it was like, oh, check this out, please. (laughs) It was kind of Netflix's little pet project, and uh, it had gotten really good reviews, and I had heard a lot of really good things about it. Uh, So I think I finally, I watched like the first three episodes of season one, and uh, didn't really get into it that much. But then, you know, knowing how much it affected other people, I went ahead and watched the rest of it, watched the uh, the other five episodes, I believe, um, and while I was working on other stuff. And I, <laughs> I constantly uh, had to turn away from what I was working on just because I was so enthralled in the story of, of Stranger Things. Uh, although I will say that uh, season one didn't really... Uh, entrance me as much as season two mostly because i'm not that attracted to horror in in the genre and uh now i can appreciate it as as a genre and appreciate good horror done uh a little bit i haven't really seen too many horror movies all i've seen are are it and uh the shining i think those are the only horror movies that i've actually seen so i couldn't really appreciate it too much and i didn't really you know like it as much as some horror aficionados would, but uh, I it kept my attention uh, definitely with you know the cliffhanger endings as well as just the uh, the the kids on bikes genre which I'll get into later uh, that just you know kind of captured my imagination and was like you know I really like this this aesthetic that they've got going here uh, and also you know the monster the mystery of the upside down, you know, what exactly is going on here? It kind of had the, the, the flair of a, of a soap opera almost with a bunch of relationships being, you know, in jeopardy as well as, 
you know, a bunch of kids not really knowing what to do. So it was it was relatable in that way, I guess. Uh, so yeah, I watched the rest of it, and I was like, whoa, Stranger Things, huh? I, I gotta think more about this. And season two came up, and I binged that, which is probably one of the only things that I've actually binge-watched, like, soon after it came out. I think the other only other one was uh, season four of BoJack Horseman, which was also recommended to me during that script-writing class, ironically. Uh, and, um... So I really like season two as well. I like season two actually better than season one, and I'm going to get into that a little bit later. But so those are some initial thoughts. I would recommend it if you haven't already seen it. And in case it wasn't already obvious, uh, this episode will contain spoilers for Stranger Things, both season one and season two. So if you don't want to go any farther than that, then uh, go watch it, I guess. You know, even for someone like me who doesn't really care for horror that much, it was still really interesting, still really got me thinking, and I would still definitely recommend it. And it's a fairly short series at this point, so it won't really take you that long. Uh, so, here we go. Let's talk about Season 1. Okay, so now I want to talk about Season 1 specifically of Stranger Things, which was basically the thing that brought them into the world of, you know, geekdom and, uh spawned a whole bunch of, oof, a lot of, I don't know, talking about it in script writing classes. I don't know. Uh, so, uh, like I said before, I didn't really care for season one as much as I did for season two. Now, it did keep my interest, and it did, uh, I, I liked it, but it wasn't as interesting to me. And I think one of the reasons why was this emphasis on horror. And, you know, that's obviously a very vague thing to say, but uh, the horror elements in it, with, you know, the darkness and the mystery and this other world that's supernatural with, with supernatural beings, being the, the Demigorgon and, and Eleven, uh, and uh, so it's, it's a lot of stuff that is very tropish, and by that I mean it's... Uh, how do I say this without sounding mean? Uh... It, it, it's a lot of stuff that I've seen before, you know? Uh, just kind of creating that unknown, that fear of the unknown. Um, and also, a lot of the characters I couldn't really connect with. Season 2... Ooh, excuse me. Season 2 did a lot better with this, which I'll get into later. But Season 1, like, the emphasis was on uh, Eleven, Mike, uh, Joyce and Hopper, and... Uh, uh, Jonathan and Nancy. And those characters weren't really that interesting to me. <laughs> Not gonna lie. Uh, although it did do a really good job because, you know, Mike had kind of, uh, you know, fostered in him this uh, kind of almost a parenting or a big brother thing with Eleven. Uh, and, you know, Joyce goes crazy which I didn't, you know, that, that just, that's the thing that, uh, you know, you ever watch something and you'd be like, why don't you just do this? Please just do this. Uh, and, and that definitely happened with me and, and Will's mom, Joyce, because after Will disappeared, she just goes crazy and she's, she's literally setting up Christmas lights in her house. And, uh, you know, it's, you know, that, that's Okay. That proved to be a good option for her, because it, uh, 
she could get messages from the upside down that way. But the only thing is that, uh, you know, every time she confronts Hopper or some member of the law enforcement, she goes off the rails, she sounds crazy. It's like, okay, why don't you just, you know, act rational? And I, and I realize, you know, your son is gone. And you, you think your son might be dead, but also in this alternate, alternate dimension that you don't quite understand. So I can understand, like, you know, not knowing what to do. But, like, you could get a lot more people to help you out if you would just, you know, act rationally. Don't sit on your house with Christmas lights going. <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, yeah, th that's the thing. The characters didn't really speak out to me that much. They were relatable in a sense that, you know, you had uh, Mike, Lucas, and Dustin being, you know, the 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 nerds, the nerd kids who played D&D &D and, you know, ha were kind of thrust into this situation by first losing Will and then finding Eleven and then deciding to actively search for Will with the help of Eleven. And I really like that, that they had to basically make that decision on them by themselves. Uh, and, you know... Uh, with Jonathan and Nancy as well, that they kind of had to actively go in, as well as in Season 2, which they pretty much have a similar story arc in Season 2, where they become friends, and uh, you definitely get the sense that, oh, these two are going to end up together. Uh, although Steve is standing in the way of that, which I'll get into a little bit later. Uh, but, yeah, so the thing is, uh, there weren't that many characters that were drawn out in Season 1. And the characters that were, I couldn't really relate to. They were interesting, but, like, not too interesting, right? And uh, their interactions were just kind of a little bit uh, flat. Which is not to say that they're not, that they're bad characters. It's just, you know, it's not season two material, I guess I should say. Which I'll get into in the next segment. Okay, so, season two. So, Stranger Things 2. Starts out with an arcade scene. Love it. Absolutely love it. <laughs> They're playing uh, Dragon's Lair and uh, Dig Dug. And I can personally say that those are two of like the hardest arcade games there are. Especially Dragon's Lair, which you don't really know when you need to do stuff. And it's basically just one big quick time event. Anyway, <laughs> Season 2. I found Season 2 to be a lot more interesting for two main reasons. Uh, the first is that it had a completely different genre, almost, it seemed. There were definitely elements of horror in it still, but it seemed more to be like a, you know, 80s action-adventure movie. You know, it, it didn't really have as much, you know, scary stuff as much as, you know, I actually believe the characters can accomplish this, uh, rather than, you know, kind of the hopelessness that was in season one which is a big component of horror. Because with this, you know, you have uh, Joyce and Hopper kind of being more on the same page. Uh, you have the the kids, you know, knowing what happened and knowing, you know, they are very hopeful in, in what they want to accomplish. And uh, you have Eleven getting even more of her powers. Uh, so, um, so, season two... Uh, the other reason why, <laughs> I forgot where I was going for a second, the other reason why is because the characters seemed a lot more relatable, and we got a lot more of a lot more of the characters. 
compared to season one, where their story arcs were a little bit uh, trite, uh, a little bit, uh, you know, I've seen this before and other stuff kind of thing. Uh, but, you know, I, I love the stuff that says, you know, there's a backstory to this character, and we're going to show you a little bit of it. Not all of it, but a little bit of, of it. So it kind of makes you wonder. And it and season two of Stranger Things did that very, very well with almost all the characters, honestly. Uh, because, it, it, especially, you know, in season one, you got uh, the Joyce and Hopper, uh, Mike and Eleven, and... Uh, uh, Jonathan and Nancy, but you got like all the other minor characters in season two, where you had Dustin having this story arc with liking Max as well as, uh, you know, taking care of Dart and kind of coming to terms with, you know, do I like the upside down? Do I like this element of the upside down or am I going to cut ties with it? Uh, you have Lucas who also, uh, is kind of tied to Max as well as, you know, his friendship with Mike and uh, that, you know, that whole thing going on there. You have Steve, which I'm going to get into in, in his own segment in a second. Uh, he's brought into it, it as a, a whole main character, and he his story arc changes dramatically, and I love it. Uh, you have uh, Sean Astin, Bob, brought into it, uh, who was easily the most likable character in... <laughs> Stranger Things at all. I loved him. Uh, he was basically a Samwise, uh, as I saw in, uh, uh, you know, in in the Beyond Stranger Things, which was the documentary little thing uh, at, uh, on Netflix that showed after Stranger Things 2 ended. Um, and then you have uh, Mike kind of turning to Will as kind of this, this big brother, and, and Will kind of uh, has this connection to the Upside Down, and he doesn't know where Eleven is, and so he uh, he kind of turns to Eleven, or he turns to Will as kind of this little brother kind of character, which really, really works out well. You also have the uh, the Hopper and Eleven uh, <laughs> dynamic, which was really fun, I'm sure. Uh, really funny, r really good getting into both their characters, because, you know, Eleven's becoming a teenager, and, uh, you know, Hopper is kind of dealing with being a father again. Uh, so you have all these character interactions where you have Jonathan and Nancy, they, they kind of, you know, they become boyfriend and girlfriend, uh, finally, although it kind of happened earlier than I thought it would. Uh, you have Max and Billy, and you have, you can see that there's some backstory going on there. Uh, but you get a lot more of the characters, and it's just a lot more interesting to me. So that's why I really liked season two a lot better than season one. Not to say that season one was bad, but, you know... It's, it's an interesting contrast between the two. I will say that. So for you, the listeners of the HeartWrite Podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download as well as a 30-day free trial to give you the opportunity to check out their services. I would personally recommend you to read Ready Player One by Ernest Cline. If you haven't read it already, it's about a dystopian future that uh, is very obsessed with the 80s. And so if you've loved this conversation about all things 80s, I'm sure you would very much enjoy it. It's by Ernest Cline, narrated by none other than Will Wheaton. Uh, if you love, you know, the nostalgia of the 80s, I would very much recommend it. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash heartwrite. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash heartwrite for your free audiobook 
and your free 30-day free trial. So go check that out. All right, Steve, Steve, Steve. <laughs> I've been uh, compared to Steve as far as hair goes, which is kind of interesting to me. Uh, <laughs> so Steve is an interesting character. He begins as Nancy's boyfriend in Stranger Things, and he uh, is, is shown as basically this antagonist to Jonathan, and almost this foil for Nancy as well. She kind of... Uh, he kind of keeps her from uh, going more into, you know, believing uh, what's going on with her mom and with, you know, the Upside Down. Uh, and so Steve begins as, kind of, as basically this foil to both those characters. Uh, this kind of uh, stereotypical jock who bullies the main characters. But then... A very interesting turn in at the end of Stranger Things, actually, uh, the first season, where he, you know, goes to the house and takes a bat full of nails and fights off a demigorgon, uh, which, you know, very much surprised me. It very much surprised me that he and Nancy stayed together at the end, because I totally thought that, you know, oh, Nancy just discovered her love for Jonathan along the way. But no, they stay together, and Nancy get or Nancy and Steve, I believe, get uh, Jonathan a new camera, which Steve broke. Um, so you kind of get the sense that Steve is talking to this d-bag guy who is like very stereotypical, you know, bully who chases the kids into the sewers kind of thing. Uh, but then, yeah, in season two, you see him as. Uh, this other character, because in, in Beyond Stranger Things, in the documentary after Stranger Things on Netflix, which you should check out, by the way, it's kind of interesting, uh, I, I learned that, you know, uh, Dustin and uh, Dustin needed somebody to go with him to uh, fight off Dart, or to fight off this, this demi-dog, and, uh, you know, I, I guess they wanted him to get uh, Nancy or Jonathan, but, you know, they were uh, indisposed with their own story arc. So, you know, they thought, why not Steve? Why not get him back in the picture? And and I love that decision because it, it brings out this kind of big brother uh, vibe to, to Steve with caring for uh, Dustin, Max, and Lucas, uh, and eventually Jonathan and Nancy as well uh, with that scene at the, at the broken down bus. So he's probably one of my favorite characters in that his story arc takes a dramatic turn, and I'm very interested to see what his character is going to be in 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 season three and and going on. Uh, and I don't know, <laughs> I I just I just love the the transformation that he's gone through because it was it was pretty gradual. He he eventually learns to trust uh, Dustin. With you know saying that he uses Farifaucet, uh hairspray, and and you know this kind of trust that's developing between him and and this kid, these kids, uh, is is really interesting to see that you know this this jock d bag character turns into this you know caring guardian for for kids younger than him, for kids that he normally would make fun of, but because of the situation, he's thrust into, you know. Oh, I have to trust these these guys. I have to, you know, work together with them. 
So yeah, I, I really find that interesting to see that story arc going along with everything else that's going on. Steve! Alright, so now I want to talk about something kind of interesting that Stranger Things has brought up along with the new It movie and people are just kind of realizing like, hey, I really like stuff like this. What is it about stuff like this that I really like? And I, I think a, a, a sketch by Smosh kind of opened the door on this, on this kind of kids on bikes genre, uh, which is a really interesting, very specific thing, but it's like, it's making people realize, yeah, that is what I like about it. It's, you know, that's one of the prevailing tropes of these movies is like, oh, there are kids on bikes who are going on adventures. Uh, and, you know, you have stuff like, you know, uh, It and Stranger Things and The Goonies and probably stuff like Stand By Me would fit into that category too. And uh, it's really interesting to see this, this definite nostalgia coming through these, you know, adventure movies that people, that kids in the 80s grew up on. But even people like me who didn't grow up in the 80s really... Uh, find an appeal to it uh, that is kind of like oh it's it's kids who don't have a care in the world suddenly thrust into this this huge adventure and you know something beyond their wildest dreams and it's really cool and there's you know pirate treasure or something supernatural or something underground something like that uh, and, and so it is very interesting to see this you know teenagers or young teenagers in the 80s uh, going on adventures trope that's uh, becoming increasingly common and uh, people are seeing uh, this commonality between all this stuff. And I want to talk about uh, specifically It, the new Stephen King movie that just came out this last summer. Uh, I thought it was very interesting because that would obviously fit the genre. And if, if you see the original, the miniseries, uh, uh, based on the novel, uh, it came out in 1990, and you know I, I'm sure you've seen the meme of a lot of people saying like, "Oh, well, in the original book, uh, Pennywise the Clown comes out every 27 years to you know terrorize this this little town in Maine," and uh, and people were saying, "Oh, the the original miniseries came out in 1990, and." And this movie came out in 2017, and so that's 27 years exactly. And so, in theory, you would think that uh, this movie that came out this summer would take place in 1990 to coincide with, you know, this being 27 years later. But no, they set it in specifically 1989. And I'm sure this was a very conscious decision based on this 80s, 80s nostalgia. And, and it's very interesting to me because, you know, you have 80s music playing in the background and stuff, uh, you know, which I'm sure was still very common in like 19, in the early 1990s as well. But they chose that very specifically to say, this is the 80s. This is the aesthetic we wanted to go for. This is uh, the, the, we are establishing some of the history, some of the, uh, you know, the, the things that were, that demonstrated the 80s. We wanted to say this is part of this kids on bikes genre, uh, which I find a really interesting decision that they made. Uh, 
although they might just go with the rounding up of the 30 years and have it take and have the next movie take place in like 2019 or something. Oh, excuse me. Uh, so anyway, the kids on bikes genre. It's interesting to see that people are kind of finding this pattern and finding this new genre. I, I really love stuff like that when people find commonalities and make new genres. So it, yeah, it's a kids on bikes thing that Stranger Things definitely played into. And you have, you know, the characters on bikes, literally on bikes. <laughs> uh, that's when Will disappears and stuff. So I don't know. I may talk about this uh, again later or something on a YouTube video or something. But I just love that people are creating new genres based on these common aspects and that it's super popular now for some reason. Because of Stranger Things, because of It, because of this nostalgia, even even for people like me who didn't grow up in that era, it's, it's very nostalgic. And you have books like Ready Player One that play into that as well. <laughs> So those are my thoughts on Stranger Things. Uh, it's a very interesting subject. It's prompted a lot of a lot of conversation about uh, not only the show but the genres that it's it's kind of uh, put forth in the conversation, like the kids on bikes genre, as well as uh, this kind of supernatural stuff that's going on, and the action adventure and what we what we look for in an action adventure movie or an action adventure series, as this is. And also just kind of demonstrating what an indie, you know, an, an indie Netflix series can do. So if you haven't already seen it, uh, I would heavily recommend it. Uh, like I said, I'm not too much a fan of the horror genre, but I still found it very interesting and very intriguing. Uh, definitely got me thinking, so much so that I had to, write, had to uh, do a podcast on it. So I hope you enjoyed this. Uh, again, this episode is brought to you by Audible. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. If you want a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial, go ahead and go to audibletrial.com slash heartright. That's H-E-A-R-T-R-I-G-H-T. That's just my username. So audibletrial.com slash heartright. Uh, so, Stranger Things... I'm looking forward to Stranger Things in the future. Haha, ha, see what I did there. Yeah, haha, ha, that totally wasn't planned beforehand. <laughs> uh, anyway, so love the performance of all the actors. I guess just a few closing thoughts here. Uh, if you haven't already seen Millie Bobby Brown's uh, recap on season one, her rap uh, that she did on, on one of the late night shows, go see that because that's hilarious as well as the, the line dancing thing that all the kids did with uh, James Corden. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, these guys are going somewhere, all, all the actors involved. They're pretty cool. And I can't wait to see you know what both they do in the future and what the producers of this show do in the future and the writers. Uh, you know, obviously it's not you know a perfect series, but it's, it staggers the imagination. It, it gets you thinking. It gets you having conversations which is really interesting about, you know, supernatural stuff and about larger stuff like, you know, what about this do we find interesting? What about this draws us to this genre, to this specific era of the 80s, and why are we so interested in it? Those are the kind of things I love. 
sparking conversation. <laughs> Media production student speaking. I guess film student speaking, if I'm being honest there. So anyway, thanks so much for listening. Uh, sorry this podcast went a little bit long, but I had a lot of thoughts on it. So thanks for staying until the end. If you want to follow me on Twitter, go ahead and search for me, at HeartRightYT. And uh, you can follow me on YouTube. You can subscribe there. Uh, uh, you can just search for HeartRight in there. And my, my little profile picture is a heart container. Uh, and you can also follow me on Twitch, uh, uh, twitch.tv slash HeartRightYT. Uh, I stream occasionally. <laughs> so, yeah, that's fun. Uh, and again, thanks so much for listening. Let me know you've listened. Let me know what you think. Let me know what stuff uh, Stranger Things has prompted, what, what this episode of the podcast has prompted in, in your thinking processes, and what you want to see in future episodes of both the podcast and of Stranger Things. Uh, so, thanks so much, and I'll see you in the next one. Bye-bye.